One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Include, but it's not later. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up. So here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. A big thank you to N Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is July 22nd, 2023. I know, two episodes in one month. What is happening? Toy news, that's what's happening. My name is Zach Weber, and I am joined by backer 6,483 of the ghost, Chris Porteous. Hey, I'm happy to be here to discuss the worst kept secret since uh that uh that hasbro what's like what's the 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 dingus on the hasbro team who like leaked the rancor by accident during a podcast that was oh god yeah i remember that but but nobody cared about that it's like it's like is a leak really a leak if nobody is indifferent it's just funny because if you you know this i think it was on from forlom to zuckus and you look back and you literally like see his face realize what he did like after he says it well yeah and that's where you feel bad because like at the end of these at the end of the day these hasbro goobers are people like barely, but they are. <laughs> I don't know if yeah, Patrick Patrick once in a while drops some like really deep like expanded universe references that he'll never be allowed to make figures of. It's great. <laughs> He's like, I had a fever dream once that Darth Talon was a black series. And like the lawyers immediately at Lucasfilm were just like uh, sending out countless cease and desist letters. <laughs> you are not allowed to say Darth Talon or even Talon in any means. Well, you know, Darth Talon is in that Galactic Heroes like cell phone game, but it's like a it's like a a very like PG version of Darth Talon, but you know, a new costume. Sure, sure. Well, that's again. Oh God, folks! So much toy nonsense to be discussed. Um, yes, uh, TVC Vintage Collection Ghost being unveiled officially, even though Chris kind of uh, spilled the beans on it. What two? two months ago three yeah i don't know it seems like a long time ago i don't know i feel like i've known it for for a good like several months well again it was like again worst kept secrets um i will say looking at it like not to delve right into it it it, it's solid but it's not a showstopper I always knew that it would be tough for them to uh, do the interior justice because like in the show, you see so much like large rooms that there's just no way they're going to do that. They're not going to make it to that correct scale. Like there's a cargo hold on the show that's just massive, for example. The shuttle, it must be underscaled too. Well, of course, at the end of the day, it's a like, okay, this is where I I don't know because... uh, it's one of those things where it's greater than the sum of its parts. Just they unveiled it. It's solid, but it feels lacking. Like when I was watching like most star Wars toy nerds yesterday, like the, they bring it, like they bring it to the show floor. They let the bunch of nerds drool over it and like shove their iPhones, like in every single nook and cranny. And yet I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, all I keep seeing is what it's lacking. 
The thing I find the most disappointing about the ghost is that it has no electronics. Like there should be at least one feature on the back of it where I can push a button and the engines glow. Like the fact that there's no electronics at all, I'm like, this just like screams deal breaker to me. Man, that makes my Galaxy's Edge Millennium Falcons feel all the more sweet because it's just the only reason it has electronics is because it's from 2008 originally. Well, that's my question, though, is that what what the heck has happened with Hasbro and electronics? Like you look at the Hallmark Christmas ornament of the Bespin freezing chamber that for $65, like it's not even a Christmas ornament at this point. It's bigger than like a soda can. And it like plays the entire audio of Han being frozen and has a little Han Solo like in handcuffs be lowered into the carbon freeze chamber. And then on the other side, a little frozen carbonate block of Han comes up. And then after the ornament runs through, it's like three minute long sequence. It resets and it's able to do all of this for $65. And I'm like, and I get it. A, a Hallmark ornament is not a toy. It doesn't have the same level of just like governmental scrutiny that like a child's plaything will have, even a TVC ghost. Um, I I just I don't get it. Like, how hard is it to sit there, put a little like electronic device in this that they had that they were doing twenty five years ago? Like, a Power of the Force Two Falcon is more complex than this thing. I think it's the audience because, like, I hear what you're saying, but on some level. I like this era of stuff more like the, another thing they've done is they've gotten rid of stickers. Basically I friggin' hate stickers on three and three quarter vehicles. And I'm, I like, I have that big Falcon, like I said, and you better believe I just put that sticker sheet in a, in a protector and I am not putting those things on there because they're just going to start peeling and looking terrible. And it's just, I'm not into it. I wish I love the hat that it's all sort of printed on now and electronics are kind of in the same vein for me. It's a feature that in the long run will probably decay and stop working. And it just sort of like, it's just a variable that sort of in the long run tends to fail on these things. I don't know, man. Like my Tanta V4 from like the mission, was it the action fleet? Like still works. The star destroyer still works from that time period. As long as you don't leave batteries to sit there, like leak that will last forever. If you take care of it. Yeah. I say that as the 43 year old ad ad over my shoulder, like still works with it's like moving <laughs> chain guns. Thank you. And uh, Case light in up point. bulb. Yeah. It had, that has an incandescent Thomas Edison bulb in that ad ad chain, chain guns. And it had the old one in and it worked when I t- bought it and turned it on. Crazy. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know why they can't do this. Like, especially like, oh God, I think the power of the force Two Falcon use something like, 3d batteries you can get a camera battery today that can easily operate like 10 times the amount of lights and sound like i think even a like okay like you said you're not a fan of the battery powered to me like getting my first x-wing post phantom menace and having that thing just have a little button that just it never stopped like going eh, like like the little like the sound that to me brings it to life that's like the 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 ninety eight like first like bigger scale yeah. one I think yeah where the where the electronics were like advertised in huge letters on the front they're like now awesome yeah but that's but like as a kid yeah. and I get it nobody buying the ghost is a child there is no child this is being purchased for no but I 
there's like I'm looking at this and I'm like, I don't know if I want it for fear of missing out or if I want it because I genuinely want it. And I, I, I'm getting to a point now where like I'm starting to rationalize it, being like, Zach, it's technically a Rise of Skywalker ship if you want to look at it that way. I'm just like, wow. like just close your eyes and pretend the box says Rise of Skywalker on it because technically it's featured in that more than it is in Rogue One. Even I know that Rebels is better than Rise of Skywalker. Jeez. Rebels is good. Well, the thing is that I haven't watched Rebels in a small while, but tell me, give me, oh God, 10 instances in Rebels where the ghost is even half as cool as one moment that the Falcon is at any point in the original trilogy. It does all the same stuff. The thing with the ghost- It does, is but that- it's not as cool. It's well, like the meme with the- John Cena and- um, uh, Idris Elba. It's like he does everything I do, but better. Well, and it's the Falcon. Yeah. You know which one I, you know what, not the Falcon I like even better than the Ghost? The Ebon Hawk. And you'd know about that if oh. you'd ever played Knights of the Old Republic. I know what the Ebon Hawk is. I'm not that. <laughs> did, but that's what I mean, though, is that like, I don't like the Ghost isn't a bad ship, but like it never does anything in Rebels. Like it's people want it because they never made it. It was the job of Sail Barge. Like, the Java Sail Barge, if it was released in like 90, like 90, oh, I'm sorry, 83, like it would be like one of those things where like, oh, like kids couldn't, it'd be the, um, was it the USS flag from GI Joe? It's like most yeah. kids couldn't afford it. The ones who did either treated it poorly or the parents threw it out because the kids were brats. I feel like if it was made in 83, it would have been completely disregarded. And then same thing, like if it was 20, oh, <laughs> Yes, as Chris slowly and awkwardly like pan the camera toward the um, rebel. Um, oh God! It's oh God! The um, rebel transport. That's the eighties name, yeah. Yes. But uh, you know, this is a rebel. This, it, if the sail barge was made back then, it'd probably be about the size of that. Well, that's what I mean, though, is that like it would have, and that goes back to the ghost as well. If they made the ghost in the mid twenty tens, it would have been severely underwhelming. So, in one respect, it's good that they never bastardized it, but. I also feel like it's time has come and gone. I find it fascinating that they're putting the Ahsoka branding all over this, yet everything it's tied to is to the TV show. And so, the, the pack-in figures, is it? A, I haven't looked if the figures are a tier, but they all have Rebels cards. Oh, yeah. They're all tiered. Yeah, except for uh, Hera, they're all tiered. And so the Hera is a Ahsoka Hera, unless you get the tier, so you get a Rebels Hera as well. No, it's just... Or no. there is no Rebels Hera. Uh, it she's. I think she's classified as a rebels hero, but she has the real life like quasi Mary Elizabeth Winstead look. Like it's not one to one. This is. I don't like this at all. The the Thrawn, the Rebels Thrawn vintage collection card they showed having the cartoon picture on there that has never been done yet, and it's really weird when that's not the style of the figures. It's like. What is going on here? They used to like, you know, your old Clone Wars vintage collection had a picture of Ewan McDonald and Hayden Christensen edited into a Clone Wars scene. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a weird cartoon picture from Clone Wars. I wonder how much of that's also just like, is that a Lucasfilm edict that they have no control over? Well, they're definitely getting late. They're they're loosening up on it for sure, because as you have probably noticed with the Andor cards, uh, you're getting like the show logo rather than the old vintage collection way would have been to like mush the logo into a return of the Jedi or empire strikes back style, kind of like the attack of the clones vintage collection. So they're loosening up with the rules on TVC as you, they also, you know, they also showed 
an updated Revan, which just straight up has the old Knights of the Old Republic logo on the Vintage Collection card. So they're they're just getting a little more relaxed with that. The rules on that, I guess. Is it relaxed or just nobody cares anymore? Like like Lucasfilm, is Lucasfilm deliberately loosening the reins or is it just that person's been laid off from their job and has was just like, we sent it and didn't get an angry reply back in 48 hours. So what's the worst that could happen? I think it's, uh, yeah, well, maybe just one person left who was holding that back because, you know, you have weird stuff like it wasn't long ago where they decided expanded universe figures were all just going to have the Star Wars logo on them for TVC. That's why you're, Hondo Anaka from Galaxy's Edge has just a Star Wars card that came in that uh, I it's not the one that came in the Falcons, just a baggie. But and then you had a Doctor Afro that's just a Star Wars card rather than saying Doctor Afro. Not too long ago. But I don't know, Chris. You tell me. What is this doing anything for you? The the ghost. Yeah. Yes, Chris. I am. I am. I'm guaranteed to get at least one. Will I hang on to it? I don't know. Here's the thing: the you're. It's not like this is not financial advice, but even the the Razorcrest went up like seventy percent in value. So it's like the Ghost is arguably more iconic than the Razorcrest. Mm, the thing is that, like, at what point does this become like Phantom Menace toy, like? investment syndrome where people just like they said this thing's almost a hundred percent in 24 hours point me to the has lab that's gone down in value i'm not saying that but there's gonna come a point the ghost it's the razor crest was kind of the perfect one because it's iconic it was new and they kind of didn't better price point well that too and it also came with like more accessories and you could like you could tell they were like oh god like this thing's so popular how do we keep it going like to me the standalone on the razor crest is cool the idea they gave it a really good like action pose stand that they has there ever been a hasbro vehicle that's had a stand before not other than the speeder bikes no <laughs> yeah yeah well, okay, and that's like, and that's a like that's a glorified accessory more than it is a ship. And like even X wings have never gotten a, a a stand, and that would be one of the easiest things to just plug like snap into the bottom of it. That's the thing. I think the Razor Crest was that moment where I think a lot of nerds went, "Oh, like if they didn't blow that ship up in season two, that thing would probably oh, be over a thousand dollars now." No, it's it doesn't matter that it's blown up. It already it's you know it's it's like everything's blown up it's star wars like I, there's a they they blew up the falcon 30 years ago in a book like it doesn't matter well fair enough like it's uh, will he at some point get the razor crest back like it, it wouldn't be any more character regression they've already done with him where he just keeps like just regressing as as a, a character in these there's episodes more, you know it's a car there's more of them out there you know, in Revenge of the Sith, it shows like three Falcons like together, like beside each other. But that was just Luke. But that's like some weird like visual effects artist just having fun. No way. Lucas, like that wouldn't have happened if Lucas wasn't like, yep, totally fine by me. But again, also, how much of that is Lucas in his contempt for the fans? Like being like, you think this thing is special, you monkeys? Like enjoy an armada of them. There was who who wasn't happy to see it. I don't know what you're talking about. I, but the same thing goes for the ghost. Like the ghost is also like its own like freight. Like, okay. Getting back to the ghost. I don't like, again, I think this thing is going to meet all of its tears. It's well on its way. 
It's already like 80% or something. Yeah. Well, that's what my, I think the highest tier is 17,000 and that's where you get Zeb. And I think that's just, I think the moment this thing hits, hits 8,000, it's going to probably climb double within like a day. The moment it gets, I think what's going to happen is that it's going to sit at like probably 7,000, probably until like maybe a day or two. Like we should say that we're recording this on the evening of July 22nd because it already, it's already what, at five? Five five thousand something, or, or is it? I'm gonna we're gonna check in real time. We're doing a real time update. Wow, I mean, you know, we we talked about it before. Like at sixty three hundred, exactly. At no point did we ever think it wouldn't make it. No, no, this was this was a slam dunk, and the fact that it came in a hundred dollars less than what the rumor was just kind of was the icing on the cake. Yeah, but I also will say one like, and you tell me one of the most baffling parts of this is that there's no chopper. Like actual like three, not a cute little thing for the Phantom that like rotates side to side, but an actual, the fact that there's no three and three quarter chopper, I would imagine maybe they're holding off on him until 20,000, maybe. He's, but he's, he's in one of the photos. No, he's. Is that just the Disney? He is the, he's the only part, the only chopper that has anything to do with this is he's on the Phantom 2 and he's he's not glued in but like you can just like R2D2 rotate him like side to side. So is he but is he is that attached to that or I haven't yes. I haven't seen No, it is attached. It does not come out. Okay. I guarantee that has something to do with the fact that Disney Parks made a chopper. There's they have some weird rule with with like the droids that they do and the Disney Disney Droid Factory droids. That it it has to be to do with that. Otherwise we'd have uh, like a vintage collection, uh, uh, Ned, and uh, you know the Obi Wan like power oh, droid. Oh, yeah, yeah. He they made him in the Disney parks, and then there's no vintage collection. There was a retro collection from Hasbro, but uh, there's just some deal they have where they don't tread on the Disney park stuff. Because I'm guessing that Chopper's still for sale in the parks. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like, it probably they probably just keep making that thing because it's popular, right? It's, it's an evergreen. Possible. That's a good point. And you can just get that one for like thirty bucks, and that's good. I, I hear, I hear that's like an amazing figure. I've, I missed out on. I didn't get one when it came out, but I hear it's better than the cartoon Hasbro ones. It has more going on. You can get like a real old, like five POA series chopper, I guess, from Hasbro. Oh, from the like from the like when Rebels was actually oh, on the air. Oh, like twenty fourteen. Yeah. Oh well, yeah that. Well, that was also when Hasbro just didn't care. Like they, they didn't. They're designing this stuff in 2012, right after Disney bought it, and Disney yeah. didn't know what Disney Lucasfilm had no idea what was happening. They were too busy like throwing the 3D prints of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith in the garbage to sit there, like put any effort into anything beyond Episode Seven. Well, that's the other thing, you know. But they did uh, like. People like the the cartoon Rebels line. There's, a, I wonder. I'm I'm sure they made it so the Phantom One does fit on this thing. Did they say in, anything? In about an interview, that? they said it does not fit. They oh, did. Oh boy, I did read that they they said that it does not fit. Who's to say that someone does? I would imagine someone's gonna jerry rig some sort of 3D printed contraption to make it an fit. Adapter. I I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's just criminal that they didn't make that work. But what can you do? Because they probably don't, again, I think when all the Rebels toys were designed, like, I know some of those Rebels 5 POA figures are collectible. I remember seeing those on clearance in, like, oh, God, like, March, maybe, 
it was like either late early summer or late spring of 2015 at a Kohl's, just cases of them. Yeah. Like it was like what people post now, like Ollie's bargain bin and Ross. It was like the only time I've, I ever saw those figures. And it was just cases of them. They hit dollar stores here. And again, they weren't – again, this was right at the end of the vintage collection. So you're looking at this like these are the new characters they want us to get invested in. And they're kind of just like – this was like – like they're like glorified shampoo bottle caps. Like they – like everyone was just like, why would I buy these? Like even Sabine because at that point, Sabine was kind of the most interesting looking character. And it's like who wants this? Like who is this for? And this was at the peak of Lucasfilm being like kids don't buy toys. Like why would you expect an 80s kid to play with yeah. a, a wooden milk truck? That was peak Lucasfilm at the time. Kids don't buy toys. Yeah. I mean there's a – I don't know. There's Some of the ones – like I don't have many of the ones from what that actually had a Rebels card. But when they started putting some of them into like the Rogue One 5 POA line, like, you know, they had like a – like oh well yeah this, those season three Sabine or something a later Sabine was on like a Rogue One card yep and then yep. they had I think a Thrawn the like the cartoon Thrawn was yeah. on one of those too I think I have those but that's about it but I'm talking like 2014 level because I because the only Rebels figure I bought from the original five POA line was the Grand Inquisitor because he was like he looked like at the time he was really cool looking and not like now well <laughs> I will say. <laughs> Out of all the latest like black series figures I found on shelves, his six inch figure is kind of cool looking. Like he looks like the Grand Inquisitor looks better as a black series figure than he does as a character in the TV show. It's one of those weird instances that if you didn't know any better, you'd swear like it was still like Lucas letting like Kenner Hasbro do whatever it wants. Yeah. It's, the, it, it's a the, rare instance of that. Well, the, yeah, I think at, at SDCC, they just showed the TVC version, which is like, What's it going to look like? Exactly the same as the Black Series, but smaller. Um, but, you know, the problem with that figure is that you just get reminded of the show when you look at it. So, well, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. uh, the, the vintage collection figure cannot w- wipe the taste of it out of your mouth. Right. So there's that. I mean, you know, but yeah, like long way of saying I'll definitely order at least one ghost. You know, I ordered the barge and like I sold it after I saw the box. The box got delivered and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I sold it like (laughs) that week and I don't really regret it. Like, I don't know. It's like, like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's it might be cooler than this. I don't know. The poor, but this is the thing now. The problem with this and the barge, and I think the Razor Crest is a different, it's kind of like it's in the same ballpark, but a different area, is that I'm looking at this thing. So it's like between last night and this morning, I'm watching videos of it. And I'm like, it's neat, but it's not jaw dropping. There, like The fact is like, I feel like I'm talking myself into it. I feel happy for the people that are like, oh, I'm finally getting this thing. It, it, I, I'm content for those people. It's like, okay, I wouldn't want to take this away from you. It's just like, I feel like there's so much more you could have done with it. Like there, there's no element in this where you go, oh, wow. Like, okay, there, like, there's no element that's your showstopper. Like for the Razor Crest in May, when they like unveiled the tiers for that slowly and one of the tiers was like, oh, you get like all the little carbonite like, like bounties. And I'm like, Okay, that's that's a neat touch. Like, cause you wouldn't think, and they all like hang up just perfectly in, in the ship. And I'm like, okay, that's a neat little detail that requires effort, not just simply, oh, here's your Kanan figure. Yeah, but that's like the whole conspiracy, right? Cause like it was already set up 
to have those little hangers like before they announce that tier. So it's like they all it seems like they always knew they were going to do that. But that's well, whether they knew it or not, if they did know it, then clearly they they understood the hot commodity they had in their hands. But that's what I mean about the ghost, though, is that like there's nothing about the ghost. Like the ghost is basically the equivalent of like Yoda's like hut, like playset wise. It's like where they go to live. Like the ghost doesn't do anything like it's a freighter, but like it's like an RV that moves like a Honda Accord. Like it doesn't ever really have its moment where you go, oh, wow. Like it doesn't have its a new hope moment where like, oh God, it's what saves Luke Skywalker at the final. The ghost never has that moment where you go, maybe I'm forgetting Rebels. Clearly, if I'm wrong, somebody uh, comment down below, um, wherever you want to comment on this, send me a nasty Instagram DM. I don't. I, there's no moment where I'm like, I'm looking at this being like, oh, like I'll give a good example. Like the Antoc Merrick, if I'm saying that right, X-Wing, like that guy, like he's in what Rogue One for a grand total of probably what, 45 seconds. And that's probably being generous with his screen time. Right. And yet the moment I saw that they were making a toy of that, I'm just like, okay, I, a blue squadron X-Wing sold. I don't look at this. And go, oh my God, look at this, like sold. And like I said, I think Rebels is good. Like it's not any sort of like slight against like, well, if I like the show more, I would want to buy this. Rebels is great. Like I love how Rebels ended. Um, Like even like, oh oh God, I'm I'm trying to think what my favorite Rebels moment is. Like the ending of season two of Rebels is like a a seismic moment in Star Wars lore. Like there's all these things that like when I think of the biggest moments from Rebels – it, it does what any sort of good media should do. All the best moments in Rebels are character moments. That's what makes good entertainment. The characters is what re- resonates, not the, not the ships, not all that. All the lore, the imagery at, is supposed to be layers to the characters, but that's the thing. Like, I think if they would have done, I don't know, like, and this is not even, a, like, I'm not even saying I want this. But if they were saying, oh, we're doing a mission fleet, action fleet of like the Chimera, Star Destroyer, I'd be like, damn. Like even if they did like a Revel like snap together model, I'd be like, damn. I don't know. Like even think about the series finale of Rebels. The, the ghost doesn't do anything. It doesn't play a part in the finale. Like it's like, – and that's the thing. Like it's an important part of the show. It just never has a show-stopping scene. Not to say it doesn't have importance. It's the ship they fly around in. But there's not that moment where you look at it, whereas with the Razor Crest, like again, everybody knows my disdain for the Mandalorian. But even I remember the moment, like I forget what episode in season one, where he's being chased by like the other bounty hunter, like, like, and they're having that dog fight. And it's like the guy says his line and he like turns the gun, the turrets backwards and like shoots him. Like there's moments like that where the Razor Crest has those moments where it, it pl- the ship plays into the character beats. Yeah. Even the I, Ice Spider episode is like, yes, that is, that's good stuff, man. And, and even the whole idea of like having the Razor Crest and like having like if they ever made a Cobb Vanth figure, you could have like the like the like, oh, God, the paint peeling Boba Fett armor and like you have that like 
then have him like you, you could take the razor crest put it like think of like a 90s toy ad put it like in this faux desert setting and have like like little dinjarin and big whiskey and like all like the like stormtroopers with the yellow pauldron and all that and then like have like a fennec shand like i it, it oh would, man not but not only that but all those moments were built into the razor crest like all the panels could come off just like the jawa episode where it got stripped and like there's you know there's direct references to stuff from the show that you actually enjoyed at the time yes what you're saying yes so- and that's the thing i don't even like the razor crest the only razor crest i own is is a hallmark ornament the only razor crest i own is a is a has no talent uh bootleg chrome edition <laughs> Yes, the the has no talent. Um, I'm curious to see what that guy's gonna do for accessories for this thing. Like, what, I would imagine the first thing he's gonna do is what make a chopper. I would imagine he's probably already designing that and printing them right now for what three hundred dollars a piece. I feel like the Disney Parks chopper uh, is going up in value as we speak. <laughs> well, it's like Jabba's sail barge when all like the goons like went from like six dollar bargain bins to like forty five fifty overnight. I sold some $70 job goons like around that time. Like it is no joke, but that's what I mean. But like even the sale barge now with the job was, we got to discuss the fact that Chris, they finally made your job of the fit. The, like I like even in the San Diego comic con, like booth, they've taken fat bit Fortuna and they've deliberately like put him to the side oh. and they're like, here's the job who belongs here. They, they even had that at celebration London. It was already Jabba in that on display. Okay. Yep. I remember that. Yeah, they were already like, we know why you want this. Well, yeah, and so I like how Bib is very much in the corner now. It's like you, like, wait, we're sorry. Like this well, was. You're, you're meant to keep your fat Bib carded and put him on the wall like a trophy, like in carbonite. Yes. That's yeah, like a tauntaun head on the wall of Jabba's palace. Like, exactly. I will say, those first shots, like in like grainy, like iPhone eight, like camera footage of someone like with the fat Bib Fortuna. I'm like. This is better than I ever could have hoped it would be. Like, it's so, so grotesque looking. And I'm just like, this is never going to get a single card to release. Never, ever, ever. They are not because it's going to sit on shelves forever if they even consider that. Well, I think that thing's going to have, will have sold pretty well because they put it back up when they, once they announced the TVC Jabba, they put the throne room back up and I'm sure people are buying well, that's what I mean, though. But I think the first thing people are going to do is, like you said, either keep it carded or they're going to sell it off to recoup some other cost. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, like as far but as far as production numbers for a carded TVC figure go, I'm sure it's going to be on the lower side just because the playset is I think it was like 150 US or something. So it was more it was like 230 US. I don't know. I will say, too, like this when it come, like when it comes to like toy logistics, a limited run for a toy is 5,000 pieces. So, like, I think, what did the Razor Crest get to? What, like 30,000? Well, I know uh, Steve Evans, who was the former head of Star Wars Toys for Hasbro, said that because the barge sold something like 8,000, the yak face that came with it is absolutely the lowest production carded figure for Star Wars Hasbro has ever done. Really? Yeah, he said, like, without a shadow of a doubt, that's the lowest is 8,000. Okay. But, but again, going back to the Razor Crest, like, what was that? Thir- wasn't that like 30,000 or something? Or am I wrong yeah. on that? No, yeah, it was 28, I think. Okay. 
that's the thing. Like, I think the moment this thing gets to 8,000, it's going to just shoot up. Like, the moment everybody feels comfortable that it's going to get funded, I do think there are a lot of people on the internet that think, oh, if I contribute to this and it gets to 7,999, I'm forfeiting my money. I guess they think of it as like GoFundMe rules or Indiegogo or like, oh, if I contribute my money, there's a chance that like I've just forfeited it. I think the the weird the rebels figures as tears are a weird thing for me because it's like that is a a list Disney Star Wars property. And if this thing gets funded and those don't get made, you're you mean to tell me you're never gonna make those Rebels TVC figures, even though the ghost funded? I don't think so. Well, that's what I think. Again, it goes back to your comment about the carbonite slot uh, slabs. I think they know the moment. Again, I think this thing gets to twenty thousand within the next week. Like I said, I, I don't think there's a shadow of a doubt that this doesn't get funded. It, I, I mean, not funded, but I mean like well beyond its reach goals. And that's why I wish for like thirty thousand. They would have been like, oh, we're gonna give you a, like a Phantom One. Like something like that. Like for like, if this thing gets to like four times its level, we're going to give you a hell of a reach goal. I like that they, you don't get the Phantom one just because like the people who actually like are actual fans who bought the Phantom one, like they have something exclusive. I like that. Well, okay. It's not the exact same one, but this is like, again, cause I don't think they're scaled right. Yeah, I think the Phantom One is too big, and that's the problem. Because oh, yeah. the 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 ghost would have to be like gigantic for that thing to dock on it and not look insane. Definitely, but that's the thing. I, I again, not to reiterate the point, but there's nothing show stopping about this. Like it's the things like everybody. This is a fate of complete. This was gonna be announced. They need something to wow us. To be like, oh, wow, like here is the cherry on top. And instead we got, oh, these characters that should be coming with it. Like, again, the same reason why you got a Hondo and a Chewie in a Galaxy's Edge Falcon. Like in what universe do you not get a handful of these? Like why is it taking now to get a vintage collection Karen, uh, Karen, Kanan and Aladdin? Like why is it taking almost 10 years since this show debuted to get these characters? Like Sabine's a fait accompli, but uh, well, you know what? What was also just announced at SDCC is the first ever vintage collection Finn. That doesn't count because that's gonna be the Black Series figure just in a different packaging. No, it's three and three quarter vintage collection Finn. There's never been a TVC. Uh, yes, they they didn't have TVC, but they had the, the three and three quarter inch Black Series from like 2000 early 2016. Oh, you think? Uh, oh my God, is it? It's just gonna be that? that exact same figure, but with screen uh, face printing. I didn't even. I forgot that that existed. It is like what they sh- what they realistically should have done was like do a freaking Rise of Skywalker fit. It was sold out because you never would have done it before. It's gonna be the it, it's a re it's a reissue of a figure that really wasn't that popular. The same with Calrissian Endor. But my point with that is just that like that's a main character of three films that didn't come out in TVC. I know. So it's not really surprising that they haven't done Kanan yet. Well, but even Zeb. Like again, Zeb is like I would imagine if if, the, if it does get funded to seventeen thousand, then you're gonna get X-wing pilot Zeb. You're gonna get Jaro Tapal from Jedi Fallen Order. I would imagine once that mold is there, they're gonna sit there like just make those next two figures. Like, think about it: a Zeb X-wing pilot for a th- like a Dark Trooper thirty-five dollar deluxe TVC figure is gonna sell like hot 
hotcakes. An yeah, alien X-Wing pilot? You're not going to get Cal Calrissian's master because the body has to be bigger and it's a totally different sculpt for the body. So there's really no reusable parts. Is it? For the, yeah, it's, it is. Because it's not, they can't reuse like, like, you know how like, Bib Fortuna TVC has the same legs as Lando Calrissian. Maybe you didn't know that, but I did does. not know that. But that's hilarious. Well, now that it's you like, it. but it's but it's under a skirt, so it's like, but he's normal normal human height, so it it doesn't matter. The Bova. No, not that one. Return of the Jedi. Oh. Bib has the same legs as Lando. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that either. See, you could pull the wool over my eyes. It's gonna be a lie right now. But even the. Then you know, like all the Bib Fortunas are good. Like the TVC Return of the Jedi Bib from like last year, like that's good stuff too. If you don't have that, get that. That's a good one. He's got crazy hands. There's only one good Bib Fortuna, Chris, and it's Fat Bib Fortuna and his little throne. I even have like two two versions of 1983 Bib Fortuna with different card backs. Like I've <laughs> all the Bib Fortunas. Is it wrong? Like I feel like you have like your different. You have like. Oh God, you're good, you're evil, and then you're chaos. Like, good Jabba's throne room, Jabba. Bad Jabba's throne room, Fat Bib Fortuna. And then chaos is Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. <laughs> like, I yeah. feel like that's the chaotic version of Jabba's throne room. Oh, all, like, it's, I mean, there's one correct version of it. But I mean, the the, the fact that the playset is called Boba Fett's throne room and pictured on it as Fat Bib Fortuna, but in reality it's Jabba's <laughs> throne room. That is just that hats off to that insanity. <laughs> oh Hasbro, you crazy, crazy person, you. You know what I mean? Because like you know, more people want Jabba's throne room, so it's there's no reason it shouldn't be marketed as such. I wonder if that's like a Lucasfilm Disney thing, though. That like it's that I, if wherever in the agreement there is with with Lucas when he sold the company, like you remember those rumors from like the 2010s where like they like whatever it was like he still retained some portion of the merchandising rights, so like everything has to be branded with their name, like their version of it. Otherwise, Luke they they lose a cut of it. Would you be surprised? It's got to be something like that. But uh, yeah, I, know, I just put a fine meme in re- relating to the new job of the hut that Zach can look at now and respond to. <laughs> what line is that considered with the Captain Rex in the top, right? I think it's called Shadow. I think it's called Shadow of the Dark Side. It's 2010. Okay. Is that okay? Really? Yeah. It says that on I, there somewhere, I think. Okay. Like I've seen that logo a bunch of times, but I've never, I've never knew the name behind it. Well, you know, I, I sent Zach a meme implying that the 2010 Jabba's throne room that comes with Ula is is more awesome than the new one. Because Ula's it, canceled, right? Yeah, Ula's never happening again. Steve Evans said Why? so. Steve Steve Evans is like now that he's not on the Star Wars team, he's the one who actually gives the answers that the Star Wars team is not authorized to say publicly. So, like, you know, when when the Rancor was being a busy being a failed Haslab, it was Steve Evans who had to say from the sidelines, "Yeah, there's no chance Ula is going to be a tier for that." It's it's 2023. Was that 23 or 22? The no, whatever. 20, it didn't happen because what last year was the Revel lightsaber that like just like what got 300 backers and then like yeah. just collapsed. Yeah, somebody out there is smiling with that prototype, and they're just like, "I got the one of one." Chris is going to be talking in like five years from now. Like I went to this guy's house with a collection and he had the Reva Black Series prototype. And like, and we all collectively went, oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> he offered it to us for twenty dollars, and we you all know, said, "Nah, we're good." <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like when you get into prototype collecting, it's so weird. The stuff that like, because like I mostly associate with these guys who are like original trilogy or nothing it's the best star wars none of the other stuff's any good not even the prequels but then when when you get into prototypes they'll be like here's my complete run of uh captain typho first shots and hard copies and i have captain typho at every stage of production and there's 10 different figures in rainbow colors and meanwhile it's like a a c tier character from attack of the clones and it's like it's just funny how like it's you really start to see the difference between toy collectors and Star Wars fans who happen to be toy collectors who like Star Wars merchandise. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 one of those things like the Rancor. They had a prototype of the Rancor at Celebration Chicago before it was even announced as a HasLab, like in a display. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that seeing the pictures of that. The problem is that like. Black series does not lend itself to like dioramas. Yeah, it's because shelf space is at a premium because you want to be able to continue selling products to the to your diehard customers mm-hmm. month after month. And if you fill up an entire room of their house too quickly, it you, you know that doesn't work very well. What was the last Black Series vehicle we got? Snowspeeder? Yeah. And I mean they pretty that apparently didn't sell very well. I, I wouldn't I mean that's one of those things where it's like it's almost a sculpture. Like I would, like I wouldn't mind one of those. Almost like not looking at it as a Black Series vehicle because it's probably like the size of a Power of the Force two Millennium Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like you know, it's kind of like it's almost like a, it's like the Razor Crest when you have the stand. It's almost like a statue more than like an action figure vehicle. I wonder, like I guess because I remember at one point they were talking about doing an X Wing Black Series, but I guess they gave up on that because it was going to be like the size of what like a car table. But you'd be able to package it really small because, like, it's all sticks. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it has a big footprint when it's assembled, but you could you could package it really small if you had to. Yeah, I guess better than the Tie Fighter. Yeah, because you could just like you know all the guns are just rods, so you could have a thin, long box, and you'd probably get a Black Series scale X wing in there. But uh, you know, but just the footprint, it'd be like a meter wide. So it's like, yeah. how many people are trying to do that? Yeah. All right, Chris. So talking beyond the HasLab ghost, beyond Jabba's actual Jabba for Jabba's throne room, should we discuss the third, possibly the biggest Star Wars toy announcement? The out of left field Disney Park slash Shop Disney exclusive that I don't think anybody knew was on the horizon, but continues to fuel the fire of the holiday special. Yeah, so we got the Life Day Chewbacca with little, he's got his red robe and he's got a glowing orb. And if you look at the picture of him, he's got a really crazy looking right hand that's a massive grip so he can hold his little sphere, of his Christmas sphere. So like, it's weird. They He doesn't have swap out hands. He's just got one hand that's just like a mean, like, like, like six inch grip for the sphere. <laughs> and like. So I guess that's the new part on this Chewbacca and the rest is probably the the same old one that came with the Millennium Falcon and the recent vintage collection. But the the thing that's weird about this is they're breaking their newly established trend of showing the title of the media that it, this figure is from on the card back like they are with the new Revan where it says <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic. I demand that this say the holiday special on it and it does not. Do you think if they do that, they have to pay Bruce Valanche? Do you think Bruce Valanche gets a check? He gets like 14 cents. 
I for think, a royalty. No, because let, you know what I realized? There are a handful of products that actually say the holiday special on them. Not many and none from Hasbro, but I did find, I did notice one that I currently have. He's getting a TV guide, folks. He's going to hold the TV guide from 1978. Not quite. Do you know what this is? I, I don't know by looking at it. I, it, it's holiday special Boba Fett. Oh, oh, look at that maquette. Yep. Yeah, but look at that logo. It's a oh, big, gentle giant holiday special logo. That's pretty crazy, right? <laughs> How old is that? 2013. And I will be getting it signed in a little over a week by the man who drew the cartoon Boba Fett for the holiday special. And it's going to be glorious. Oh, the pitchfork gun. Do any of but these yeah, guys have like original cells or like this guy has in his possession the first five sketches he drew of Boba Fett for the holiday special. Whoa. But do they have C3PO blinking? Oh yeah, I, I don't well the cells from droids are not hard to get your hands on, but uh you, you can get a C3PO, you just have to pay like 200 bucks versus the other ones. No, it has to be just... has to be a cell of him blinking. You can get that stuff, but you know, by Star Wars collectible standards, even like the primo droids uh, animation cells are not that expensive. <laughs> but you're saying droids. I want a, bot, a holiday special C3PO blinking. Oh, well, the funny Has thing to be about him blinking from that. I, I, droid schmoids. Like, okay, well, to my knowledge, the holiday special, there's, to my knowledge, there's not holiday special cells on the market. There, there's, there, there's a bunch of droids and Ewoks. I don't think the holiday... Because you got to think how much less of it there would be. Holiday special is a, like an eight-minute cartoon, and there's 13 episodes of droids that are half an hour. So there'd exactly. be just way less of it. Come on, Chris. we got to be collectible about this. A collectible. <sighs> but yes, that Life Day Vintage Collection series, like, as everybody knows, it drives me kind of like low-key crazy that they're making holiday special merchandise, even if it's pretty like just like... Rinse, lather, repeat, like take a Chewbacca, give him like a Wampa, like, like hand grip and then slap like some red like felt on him. But at what point, Chris, like, you know how most things happen in life. Very slow, very slow, very slow all at once. Is this just another like crack in the ceiling of us getting the holiday special? Like, like, like at some point they're going to release that. They're going to clean that up. And that's going to be released officially. And they're going to kill all the mystery there ever was about it. Because the moment they make that officially available in like glorious, glorious HD quality, probably – look at it this way, Chris. You could probably remaster the holiday special better than you could <laughs> Attack of the Clones at this point. Like you probably could clean up one to a better standard than the other. What Zach just said is factually 100% correct. Thank you. Um, that means a lot, by the way. Uh, that's the thing is that like at some point, Disney's going to realize like Disney's going to like jump the shark and be like, oh, yeah, if we clean this up, somehow it's going to benefit us. I'll go a step further. I'll go a step further. I would wager that they've already scanned it and cleaned it up and they're in a paralysis of indecision. I bet you they've done this years ago. You know, like when we were talking to we were talking to Craig Miller last episode, as soon as they heard that he had those raw tapes of those of those recording sessions, they wanted they wanted them in the archive. And you mean to tell me that you have about half an hour of Harrison Ford pretending to be Han Solo uh, shot on film and you're not going to like 4K scan it like 10 years ago? 
I don't believe for a minute that they haven't done it already. That's what I mean. And like, is that going to be like their like carrot in front of the horse when they release like not episode 10? They're like, we promise like the post credit scene is the holiday special in HD. <laughs> 90 minutes. <laughs> I think they're actually contractually obligated not to release it. Like, I don't think they will. Um, I think if, if they did and they like did stuff like cut out like the like the the grandpa VR scene I think that would make that I don't if they did that it would make news stories about the grandpa VR scene see the scene from the holiday special that Disney doesn't want you to see it'd be like every Star Wars theory video for like two months so like I don't know if that's a good idea for them to mess with it there's a it's a, it's a lose-lose scenario like they put it out they, they get I, complaints I, about that they don't they get stories about cutting it I disagree. Well, I agree and disagree. I think I think the ho- like the power of the holiday special is that it only aired once and you can only watch it like in the grainiest version possible. It's a rite of passage. You don't ever want to see like unless you're a psychopath like Chris and I, you don't want to see it in HD. It it it, it takes away from like the ambiance and the lore of it. Like the moment like and that's what makes the ho- like the animated portion so kind of like I don't want to say demystifying, but like I remember seeing like they, what was it in the uh, Attack of the Clones DVD bonus feature? There's like the three second clip of like Boba Fett being like, "I am Boba Fett," and like Whoa. as a kid, that was mind blowing because it was like, "Oh, what is this?" And then you go down the rabbit's hole and be like, "Oh, the moment you make it available on Disney Plus, which they've done with the animated special, uh, special heck, they made even a little golden book out of it, which Chris owns." I will. I will be getting like five of those signed uh, next week. <laughs> Chris is just going to tank the market on signatures regarding this. Thing. Maybe we'll. You know what? I'll. I'll say it. Maybe we'll give one away on on the podcast. You know, who doesn't want a signed little golden book of the faithful Wookie? A signed little little golden book by the guy who d- designed Boba Fett for the cartoon. You know, we, but, we'll get around to that. But look, Chris, which is more inexplicable: a Life Day vintage collection figure? Or a little golden book off the holiday special. One of those is the by far the more insane of the two. Oh yeah, well it, it goes farther because the photo is like an AI upscaled picture from the end of the holiday special, which is might be the craziest scene when Carrie Fisher sings like to the Star Wars theme, and it's like <laughs> you have this giant like tree bark background that like you know i they, I don't think it's an actual screenshot from the holiday special because it would look worse but it's like some have photoshop mashed together to be like chewbacca standing in front of the big tree at the end of the holiday special so like this is you know usually they only reference the cartoon portion so this is a step farther because this is a basically that's what a picture. i mean yeah like okay i agree yes it's and that's what i mean it's a step in that direction but it's still not as inexplicable of let's make a child's book off this. That's the cartoon portion. It's already on Disney Plus. Like I know, but it's the idea of it. Because you remember, ninety five of what ninety five percent of what Lucasfilm sells is to adults. Again, they've given up trying to convince children to like Star Wars, and every single time they try it, it falls. It falls flat. Look at that, though. Night in a nice comic bag, ready to be autographed, oh right God. there. You oh know, he's holding out to the camera the story of the faithful Wookiee. Like it's great, which is like not the real title, by the way. It's just called the Holiday Special Cartoon Lucasfilm. <laughs> but anyways, no, Chris, they reclassified it. It's now the story of the faithful Wookiee. 
That's so they can separate it from the holiday special. <laughs> so they don't have to pay a licensing fee. They don't have to write a check to Bruce Valanche. <laughs> well, you know, but the, the imagine work. I want to. I, I, I got to look like see if we can talk to whoever did that little golden book because all the art in that is like they literally would have taken screenshots from the cartoon and like brought it into like photoshop and like upscaled it and like redrawn it so like because it's not you wouldn't be able to print screenshots from it so it's all like recreated art but it's like very faithful well yeah like the people who like the holiday special love it like if you get someone who admires it they're gonna cherish it like you don't put somebody on that project that's like the holiday special like it's got you volunteer for that you don't just get handed that assignment yeah, so, but bottom line is there's, like, a holiday special vintage collection figure for the first time. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. Interesting that it's a Disney Parks exclusive. I imagine it's going to show up on shelves, what, sometime, like, during, like, Halloween-ish? Well, Disney Parks is... Disney Parks is the source of the most holiday special merchandise like ever. Like they Which had is, a, again, genuinely insane, but... They had a Life Day celebration in the park where they sold Wookiee robes and like little sphere mugs. Like it's crazy. They had a bunch of people in red robes, like with candles one night, like going crazy. Chris, that is insanity. Like it's one thing. Well, I remember back in the day, they used to have like, Oh God, like back in like when my, on the MySpace days, like things like triumph, the comic insult dog outside of the, like a premiere of, of attack of the clones. And it was like, Oh, look at these nerds dressed up. Somehow, like 20 years later, we've jumped leaps and bounds beyond that into like, look at these nerds at the Disney park dressed up like characters from a fifth, almost a 50-year-old Star Wars holiday special. Like there's like a point of like somehow Star Wars under the stewardship of a multi-billion dollar multinational oh God, homogenous corporation has somehow gotten more niche. Like there's something so perplexing about this like somehow star wars has gotten more niche like not saying like as a whole but as like a splinter like rift it has right i don't know like i I mean i mean this like i'll get one of these just because of the novelty value of it but like the real like you know holiday special merchandise is like it's not it doesn't excite me the same way as the prospect of of it like getting officially released or not like you know what i mean like i don't i already have the gentle giant cartoon boba fett like that is the pinnacle of holiday special merchandise okay like i don't need this chewbacca it doesn't even say holiday special on it i'll get it just because it's funny and he has a little glowing sphere but they're not they need to have the holiday special logo on there i don't i almost shouldn't buy to it say the words holiday yeah. special exactly or else it doesn't count chris is like stop hiding behind this life day rhetoric you cowards it only I mean it kind that part the that part kind of makes sense because it's like that's describing the variation of the figure. But the top logo should should say the holiday special, not be like the old Star Wars 12 back logo. Did the, the, the 30th anniversary collection figure say holiday special? No, it said animated debut. Okay. So they, they hid behind that as well. Top dancing. Yeah. Man, there's <laughs> they, dancing around those two yeah, words. Exactly. They this is Boba Fett's animated debut from what? Who knows? We're not actually quite sure what it's from. <laughs> he just showed up one day dressed like an Easter egg. <laughs> Buy it anyway. Yeah. Oh, oh. 
Oh, did, like Chris, can you imagine like three years ago having these conversations about like what would Disney do with Star Wars, like post theatrical viewing? Like, like imagine having this conversation, like all that, like all those times, in, like twenty twenty, being like, okay, what's Disney gonna do after Episode Nine? The sequel trilogy's over for better or worse. It's like, what does Disney Star Wars look like in three years? No movies, declining quality in TV shows, and like the figures are kind of once again like. The ancillary media and the toys are carrying the water for the franchise. Like we're right back to what it was like post Revenge of the Sith. We're literally right where we left off. Like history is a circle. That you can say that only if you think that like three new shows starting anytime soon aren't a big deal. But okay, but what is the like as a, as a Star Wars fan? What has been the cultural resonance of Kenobi? Calrissian Endor in the Bad Batch. Like, what is like? I'm not arguing they don't have their merits that they don't deserve to exist, but it like it feels like late 2000 Star Wars again. Like, oh yeah, we have Clone Wars, and like we're getting solid toys, but like beyond that, there, there's nothing. There's nothing. Again, I'm not saying that 2015, 2016 was that much better, but. It feels like we're in that holding pattern. Like we're getting new media, but it feels like hollow new media. Like yeah. it feels very stale. We're in a stale well, point for Star Wars again. I mean, well, it's because it, you probably feel that way because the book of Boba Fett and Kenobi were like, were like treasonous, reprehensible trash that should never have existed. <laughs> but like, oh my God. Okay. Now, but like, but you, you probably, you know, and even Mandalorian season three was like barely better. Like, barely not even really better like like i like i can be i can be clear-headed about this i like mandalorian season one and two i do i I actually do i'm not i'm not i'm not shilling season three sucked everybody knows it accept it and it was it had it was aimless and they don't know what they want to do with the story anymore besides that they wanted to have mandalorian and big whiskey that's all they know about that's all they know because they can they need that's the mandate so they don't know where to go from there. <laughs> and, you know, but Calrissian Andor was Zach didn't like Calrissian Andor. Uh, uh, but like that, I don't know. I was on the edge of my damn seat watching that show because because it's like it feels grounded in a way that Star Wars hasn't felt in a long time. And I, th- I feel like Fallen Order, uh, not Fallen Order, uh, Jedi Survivor was similar to me, where it's just like the story was handled seriously enough that I wasn't like physically cringing while playing through it. Like the stakes felt real in, in, uh, in, in a Jedi survivor. And like, well, I'm sure we'll, we, we should dedicate a full episode to that because you know, like, it, like I think Zach said last time I was talking to him, like you could tell the story group, like wasn't anywhere near that thing or it wouldn't be good. But like, <laughs> that's just, you know, like they, it's, I think what does that have in common with Andor? You know, they just didn't care about it and let Tony Gilroy do his thing. It's almost like that's the key to having a decent story is like not treating it like Star Wars because they are they have such kid gloves with any of the characters that have have product merchandising value that they just can't do anything interesting with them. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that assessment. Um <sighs> 
again, I'm not going to reiterate my opinion on steak at the Rainforest Cafe. Like, again, I'm ha- again, much like the uh, Vintage Collection Ghost, if you're happy you, you have it, that's fine. I don't want to take it away from you. Um, I should say that I posted this in the Facebook group, but I was on Target's website and they have like the Calrissian Endor figure dressed in like Empire Fatigues. And I guess the code name for Hasbro for that figure is Vin Cascade. And I was like losing my mind one morning, like reading the code name of like Calrissian Endor in Imperial Fatigues. And it just says Vin Cascade. And it might be one of the greatest like fake names ever. Like if someone would have told me Vin Cascade was like Dash Rendar's initial like name, I'd be like game on. Like there needs the new incarnation of Dash Rendar, whoever they decide to make that to be, needs to be called Vin Cascade. Like I hope in I hope in season two of Calrissian Endor, he meets Dash Rendar and he's called Vin Cascade. Yeah, well, as you probably know, Dash Rendar is canon. His he's like like in like a, a solo like. Oh God, like dictionary book. Like he's, there's like one sentence about him. Yeah. And I'm currently, you know, just to, just to flex my privilege, I'm currently just staring at my sealed outrider up on the shelf there. And is uh, it the power of the force too, or is it the shadows of the empire? I didn't even know there was a power of the force too. Oh, was there? Oh no. I'm sorry. I'm getting that confused with the slave one or slave one was both. Yeah. It's okay. It's just the shadows of the empire. Excuse me. And it's highly underscaled. You know what? I would have rathered. A Haslab outrider, but you know. Okay, maybe, that's okay. That's not getting past three hundred, like back, like like crowd funds. Like that's not would, even. Yeah, and I would know all of them, all the guys who back that. <laughs> Chris is like, I would be two hundred and fifty of those. I mean, but it's funny though. Like, I can't be alone. Like, I would pay the same price as the ghosts up for for that. Absolutely, no questions. Dude, asked. like you, you couldn't fill a phone booth with the amount of people that would spend five hundred dollars on an outrider. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I don't know. No, because like I know the answer is no. Oh man, I'm not doubting that there's some level of demented demand for it. But yeah, but what if it was five? What if the what's the like what's uh what's the minimum for for the ghost? Is it like eight thousand or something? Eight thousand backers. I bet you could. I bet you could hit five thousand for an outrider if it was like three hundred bucks. No. What do you give as an accessory beyond Dash Rendar? What what accessory is there? His droid, whose name I forget, obviously. There you go. The guy who's like, I'd buy six of those. Is like side character that's named something. I de- no no no. I definitely buy one. The thing is, you want you want it. That's one of the weirdest like vehicles ever because it's like it's meant to be about as big as the Millennium Falcon, but like the one they released in Power of the Force Two is like about as big as an A wing. Well, yeah, it's like what they did to the U-Wing. Like the U-Wing is supposed to be the yeah. size of like a Republic gunship and it's like styled in the size of an A-Wing. Yeah. How about this? Would, oh, Chris, would you go for a, a TVC U-Wing that's like in the same like shape as like the vintage collection gunship? Republic gunship. I think, yeah, I think that does – I think that does a better job of like – like people just instantly accepted the Ewing as like sort of a, like a galactic civil war era ship. And like, because, you know, it just looks like parts of a Y wing and an X wing, like sort of mashed together. Like it's not by accident that people just sort of accept it. I have the, the five POA series Ewing like on my wall over here. I appreciate it. It's, it's acceptable, but I, I wouldn't mind a, a, like a bigger one. I think it's cool enough. That's what I mean. Like that's something I think if they release that is a Haslab and it came with like the little side mounted like gun that like the space monkey is like firing it like the ADAT or the ATACT, that would have been great. 
Like that's what I mean. Like has like a like a proper cockpit. And you could you could put and that's a and that's a ship that crash last crash lands on Edo. It's on Yavin. But also there's more like you see it again after that. Like uh, the Battle of Scarif, there's other U wings, for example. That's what I mean. Like it can be used in multiple ways. Like I get it. It's it that's a harder sell because it's not tied. It's not the flagship, pardon the pun, of the 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 TV show. Yeah, and it didn't even last a full movie, to be fair. But it's an it's well, it a good last, design. Two of them didn't last a full movie. They both kind of yeah. get they those loaded. that crew wrecked two of their main ships. They're just you know they were on a suicide mission. That's what happens. But it's also technically a Rise of Skywalker vehicle. Like, what do all these things have in common? They are all low key featured in the Rise of Skywalker because of the most preposterous. Uh, because Lando literally knocked on every door in the galaxy, like in about five minutes, every ship is in the end of Skywalker. So I don't really see that as counting. Technically, the Ewing is on the base in Agent Kloss. That is on the base because as we see them like take off to go like fight Palpy, they do. That is show. The ghost does show up during like the Lando moment. But like I said, the only thing like the thing that's really pointing me toward the ghost is just being like telling, like closing, like holding my nose and being like, "It's a rise of Skywalker vehicle. It's a rise of Skywalker vehicle." I think Zach, I think you need to take the money that you're humming and hawing about the ghost and finally just get yourself like a vintage collection Falcon with that money because you could. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that because I know what was that like last year this time you're like, why are you stupid nerds spending money on new stuff when you can take like your like 500 pesos and go buy like 30 like ships made in the last 25 years. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, I can buy one ghost for like $600, including tax and shipping. Or I can probably buy a vintage collection gunship with the turrets that fit a full-size clone trooper in them and i'm just like i do like republic gunships i'm like yeah. like and that's the thing like i'm looking at this and i will say part of my apprehension from backing it is also like i've blown a lot of my discretionary income on like pre-orders that haven't happened like i said i've pre-ordered uh darth vader from the uh, kenobi the hot toys figure i have Obi-Wan Kenobi clone commander hot toys that like I like I said like and like I try to put I put money away every week from my paycheck being like hey $600 in pre-orders isn't that bad if you like take $20 every paycheck over the course of like 18 months oh, like that's, that's you can save up for that easily that's how you're supposed to collect like it's a nice splurge item okay. um but again like and this is just this is for me not for your average day Star Wars fan but like I I'm, I think I if you're friends with me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram like I finally bought Lego Titanic that I've been like nice. humming and eyeing about because anybody who knows me knows my fanaticism for both the Titanic is a real life historical event and the movie and of course recent events definitely uh, brought that back to the surface pardon the pun I will say just to give a shout out to Joe Yazo who um, isn't on the call right now, but recently purchased a 3D printer. And one of the first things he printed for me was oh. a Titan sub. <laughs> oh my god! It is like mini. It is like micro machine scale. He can. He can. Oh, it is. It's great. He can have a battle with the Naboo uh, submarine. Yeah. Good. 
<laughs> no, Chris, when I finally build Lego Titanic, this is perfectly in scale to it. Oh. So it will perfectly lay right next to the Lego Titanic. I'm glad you're not on the team where it's you don't think it's funny to make fun of that sub accident a little bit. Oh, no, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Sidebar, please, your honor. For for the Titan sub, excuse me. You have disaster. a 3D printed version of the sub. Excuse me. I would like a sidebar on this. As a Titanic fan, and is technically still my podcast. I would like a sidebar, Your Honor. I'm asking for permission first. Um, it, go go ahead. But you uh, need to understand that, like, uh, you already you're you're really at a disadvantage already having the 3D printed <laughs> model of the Titan. Oh no no no! I'm not arguing. Like, I'm not saying I'm not a bad person for laughing. But I'm gonna give, I'm gonna empathize in a way that only I can with these people. If you could have, if you could have afforded it, you would have been on that sub and died at the same time. I'll get to that in a moment. I will get to. You're not wrong, but we'll get to that in a moment. So as this catastrophe is, I don't want to say unfolding in real time. Of course, everybody starts talking about Titanic, and me after 25 years is finally like my time has come. Everything's like much like Palpatine long have I waited. It's all coming together as I have foreseen it. And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm just verbal diarying on anybody who will listen about my extensive knowledge of Titanic, everything. And at some point like when Rob and I interviewed Ryan Katzenbach five years, five years ago for cinemodies for his Titanic documentary in that, three hour, four hour long conversation, the question was posed, would you ever go down to the wreck? And my answer then is the same as it is now. As long as I got to see the wreck first, then died from implosion, I would die happy. But then I didn't know there was even a better way to die. As we've said numerous times on our podcast, our Lord and Savior, Jimmy C, what makes the ice, uh, never mind dying next to Titanic, which is something oh, only- man. Unless you unless you were on that on. ship in 1912, you could never say until this year, which is I know a, where you're going with this. And 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 oh, the icing on the cake would that you're gonna about to talk about would be amazing. But you gotta understand, these yeah. guys did not make it down there before. I know, I know, but they got something better. They got something better. They got like yes, they failed, but they got a hell of a consolation prize in the in in, in the meantime. What's better than getting to see the Titanic? It's having your legacy forever tied to the Titanic and then having a video of Jimmy C going all Oscar Schindler on ABC News saying, if I knew, but only if I did more, I could have stopped this. Oh. I'm just like, as a Titanic fan, both of the natural of the ship and the film, what more could you ask for? Dude, the- like what? Like, I'm not saying that cynically. Like my heart goes out to these people. Like you feel bad for the kid with his father who like was terrified of doing this, did it for his father for Father's Day. There was loved ones, even the CEO who was like, yeah, this thing can be made of like aluminum. I don't care. It'll, it'll, it'll work. Like at the end of the day, they're human beings. Like you don't want anybody to die that could have that could have been avoided. But, but – now, I'm not saying this as, as if I would encourage it, but if you are a Titanic fan of the ship in the movie, what is better than having your legacy forever tied to it than having our Lord and Savior Jimmy C get on national news and being like, 
I could have done more. <laughs> like, it's, oh, that it, it was better than that. Like he was out there saying, "I'm so glad they weren't." This is I've been meaning to like uh, nobody else cares about how funny this is, but like it, I've seen a lot of like you know the sort of there's a sort of left right. I mean, this is old news by now, but there's a sort of like conservative versus liberal interpretation of whether it's funny or not. And like the cons- the conservatives are like, oh, you shouldn't be making fun of them just because they're rich. It's not because they were rich. It's because this submarine company had like negative Yelp reviews and like didn't literally care about the safety of their sub. And like other people were telling them this thing is rickety as hell and you shouldn't be using it. And that's why it's funny. It's not, it's not funny because they, because the people were rich that, that it's because they should have, if I check a, a review before I order food from a place. And if they would have Googled <laughs> this submarine and found out that people were really worried about it, they wouldn't have taken the ride and almost, and you know, ended up dying. That's why it's funny. Well, yes. Like, like it, yes, I will say that there are people out. There is the, eat the rich aspect of it where like people again it's the let them eat cake but maybe the reverse of it maybe the inverse of that i in that part it's again like at the end of the day you don't want anybody to get hurt but there's also a thing too is like going to see the titanic even if it's not a rickety ass submarine is still an inherently dangerous thing to do like the reason why jimmy c has done this like 40 times is because i think it's well because he's the best in the world but yes well yes it is because he's jimmy c our lord and savior it's the notion that like the like unless it's a government like funded project which is every single time he does this it is some level of government subsidy to it there's there's no way to do it as a private entity it's just not feasible because you need military grade yeah materials problem right you shouldn't be able to you shouldn't be able to buy that sub for the price of one of those five guys tickets to go down to look at it. That's that's the problem right there. But well, but not only and, and further that on the Jimmy C run and we'll get we'll stop in a second on this, guys. I'm sorry. But like Jimmy C gets on the news and he's like, I knew what happened the second this was in the news. I knew they were dead on descent, but I didn't want to get on the news and say that because I didn't want to be that negative voice. But I knew they were dead from the first minute this was a story. Jimmy C was saying that. Oh, 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 okay. That, okay, but just, like, it should be stated. And this is, like, I never, like, okay, this is the sort of, like, weird things that, like, if I only knew, like, as a child that I would be connected to. Like, this feels like when Chris explained to me, like, the Star Wars collecting Illuminati. This feels like my equivalent part of it is that Ryan Katzenbach from the Titanic documentary I'm friends with him on Facebook and he's connected to like people in the Jimmy C orbit, like people that like, like the, the names. And when this was unfolding, like Sunday night, Monday morning, X amount of weeks ago, he was like, they're dead. The thing imploded. Like, like there's no, there's no rescuing them. They're dead. Like, and he's like, I know this. And then like three days later, Jimmy sees like goddamn Navy knew about this, like like 45 minutes after like they lost radio contact and just in the Navy sat the Navy and the Coast Guard just sat on it. It was it was like, oh, and that's the thing. Like and Jimmy C even says he goes in the Titanic, like deep submersible community. There's only like a finite amount of us. And we all know almost immediately when something happens in that universe like it's 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 not that many people i'm like oh so this is a world that i'm kind of tangentially connected to 
And that's the thing is that like, I remember even telling people at work, like before, like the memes like began in earnest, like there's no way they survive this. There's no like sitting on the ocean floor being like, maybe they'll get yeah. to us if we hammer hard well, enough on the sides of this. Thing. Yeah. It's not the Poseidon adventure. The, the, the point is a, a, a minute, uh, an expedition that it, the type of expedition it would have taken to rescue them, say they were alive sitting on the bottom. The type of expedition it would have taken to rescue them is something that has months of planning. It's it- no, no, like, no, because the thing is that, like, let's assume the best case scenario. Because, okay, not to go back but to my infinite Jimmy C knowledge, there is okay, I don't know how much of this was staged, but like in the Ghost of the Abyss documentary that our Lord and Savior Jimmy C directed in that well, directed um, in 2003, if anything, he was a glorified editor for it, is that like they, they talk about it, there is protocol for this sort of thing. And that's why I think your laymen who weren't connected to this thing, like like the, the Coast Guard, the US Navy, is that there's protocol if it gets lost. The moment you lose radio contact, that kind of gave you 95% ch- like just outlook as to what happened. Like the moment you like if they didn't lose radio contact, they probably could have rescued them. Cause it would have been like because they would have been in constant contact. It would have been like, okay, like this is that's the thing. The moment they lost radio contact, it was over. But th- there's not a bunch of subs that are that are capable of going to that depth. Like you know, like there was no one else offering this sort of this sort of ride because even his sub was not qualified for it. But that's it goes back to government level, and that's and what probably would have happened is that if they didn't lose radio contact, I don't think it, it's one of those things where. It, it, let's just say they didn't lose radio contact. And like, I apologize on the, like what Zenger would say. This is the strangest episode of a Star Wars hey, podcast ever. People are here for it. I, I I know somebody out there is loving it right now. It's all good. Somebody. Um, the key question is who of that somebody? It's what would have again. Like I said, I have no background in this, but what probably would have happened? They they couldn't have lost radio contact. The moment we lose radio contact, like it's kind of oh, it's game over. It would have been send. They would have had to track the location of it as fast as they could. And while they're doing that, they probably would have dispatched, they probably would have talked to the Russians. Because again, in all the, both in Titanic, the film itself, and in the documentary, Ghost of the Abyss, in any sort of Titanic documentary, it's the Keldish. That is the ship that always gets dispatched to go search the wreck. Because that's like the gold standard for a Titanic submersible exploration. Something like that of that same level or that ship itself probably would have been dispatched. And then while that ship is probably making its way there as fast as it possibly can, they'd probably be looking for different ways to like other ships because eventually you'd have to just hook it up to something and then just slowly drag it up at a a specific finite speed so obviously it doesn't crush itself. Um, And that's the thing. The hardest part of that would have been – it would have been time. It would be a race against the clock. Because the whole thing is that you have to get the other ship there and then you have to sit there, get the submersible into the water and give it time to pressurize. It would have been a time game. I don't think the rescue was the hard part. If it, if they were able to keep in, keep these guys alive, it's, it's just the moment they become immobilized, it's a race against the clock because the, the oxygen's running out. And again, the biggest thing with this Titan sub was that it, like, if it was designed as a one-off – like, okay, after every single one of these expeditions, they threw it out and got a new one. It probably wouldn't have been that bad. 
the issue is that like how I was describing this to people, the Titan sub was like an Oreo cookie being dunked, dunked in milk time and time and time and time again. It can only be dunked so many times until it loses its like structural integrity. I think if they used it once as a one-off and then fabricated a whole new one, and then they just got a new one each time, it probably would have been fine. It wasn't designed to handle the repeated abuse. And that's the thing about the military grade, like the Keldish uh, vessels, the submersibles, the Mir 1 and Mir 2, they're designed to be constantly abused. It's like the space shuttles. It's like they were designed to constantly be just abused. There's things you can do to fix them, but then every once in a while you get a discovery where all it takes is one little piece and that's that's the, the one crack that destroys the entire thing. And that's essentially what happened here, except it wasn't designed in principle to last this many trips. Yeah, and it also wasn't going through the same level of between mission scrutiny because it was literally like yes. a small team who probably wasn't up to snuff on maintenance. But anyways, you know, that's- Just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. The tightest this up with the bow, just going back to like collecting, like I'll bring this back, Chris, I promise I'll bring this back to collecting. You are aware that like that Logitech like controller now goes for hundreds of dollars because oh people God. now see it as a collector's item. I'd like a I'd like a fully painted like one foot model of the Titan. I don't know about this tiny little micro machine one. Like I oh just tell Joe 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 we'll put this in the group chat. Joe needs a Chris wants a uh, a one foot scale Titan sub. Joe needs a bigger three D printer to to get me a full size Briar pistol. So we're gonna crowdfund it a new three D printer for Joe. I'm trying to get him to do me a mandolinian blaster. And he's like, if I, he's like, I can't do it as one to one, but if I do it components, it's going to sit there, take me like days. Well, much like, the, much like, like the Titan, if he doesn't have components, it's structural integrity will be like terrible. So you should, should probably shouldn't yeah. do that. All right. But, but yeah, you know, the, Joe Yazo and his 3D printer is a blessing to us all. Yeah. All right. So, you know, the one, the one thing from all the, first of all, we don't care about black series on this podcast, so we're not really going to talk about Although there was a bunch of black series announcements. Yay. Six new Christmas figures, uh, lose my number black series, but, uh, it's really real quick. This will go to like the holiday figures. I'm kind of surprised they didn't do any more Halloween ones. I do know that Wookiee in those, uh, clone troopers, like with the, that was popular, man. People ate that up and they didn't do any more of that. They'll probably re reship those same two figures this Halloween. Who knows? Well, I I I don't doubt that because that's Hasbro's mo for everything. But because they are evergreen figures, like they can release those every year and every year they're going to sell. Like, not to you got to give them credit for clearly they have no money in their budget for new sculpts. So they're they're making lemonade out of lemons you gotta give credit where credit is due even if we don't like the decision speaking of no budget for new sculpts i was pleasantly surprised by the look of this new tvc revan because you know as somebody who has the original one carded where they googled the wrong mask for him and and designed it wrong uh, you can just tell that this maybe it might reuse legs or something because he's sort of got like a soft good skirt. So maybe he has the same legs as Bib Fortuna and Lando Calrissian under there. Who knows? But on the uh, for, uh, for on the most part, it looks good. And the hood actually comes off and he's got the helmet underneath the hood. And there's a little more soft goods than there were the first time around. And I got to say, you know, I recently picked up this uh, Diamond Select gentle giant uh bastila sean like pvc statue i saw it at gamestop and i'm like 
damn, that looks pretty good for 80 bucks Canadian. So I picked that up. Nice Old Republic turned 20 like last week, which is just like for the first time in my life, I feel like I remember thoroughly enjoying something that came out 20 years ago. And like it's I actually like understand that I was appreciating it like properly at that time. That's a trip. I don't like that at all. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but, you know, like it's one of those things where it's like Zach needs to play Knights of the Old Republic and he needs to buy a vintage collection of Millennium Falcon instead of the Ghost. But that we, that's that's my Very specific. Yeah, recommendation. yeah. I'm planning Zach's life. Basically, those are the two most important things right now. But uh, I have a question. I have a yeah. Knights of the Old Republic question that I've never understood. If Revan's the main character of the game, why is he like in none of the marketing whatsoever? Because he has no face. But then what's the toy they've been selling for the last 15 years? All right. So like you, I shouldn't be explaining this to you because it's robbing you of the joy of playing Dice of the Old Republic. But like the internet tells me that Keanu Reeves is Revan. Is that correct, your honor? No. But uh, <laughs> basically the toy, the, the, the Revan you see is Revan before before he got concussed and lost his identity he was a he was briefly a sith lord and then he took a blow to the head and forgot that he was a sith lord that's the main plot device of the game i thought he was a jedi at one he point was, he was a jedi that became a sith lord and then he took uh i beam to the head and forgot that he was a sith lord so the look of Revan you see is like the two years he was a Sith Lord before he lost his memory. Is this John Wick? Is this John Wick number five? No, it's not. Zach, I know you're not going to play it, but like you need to understand like this is narratively. It's like it's like Jedi Survivor, like times 10. Like it's literally the best Star Wars story that's ever been done. Like since episode three. Who's Darth Malak? Darth Malik is he has no chin. Yeah, I mean, you know, that guy he's a he's a cool-looking character, but I don't know what he does. Well, like I could explain Zach the story in Nice Old Republic <laughs> on this podcast, which he should just play on his iPhone because it's the best version of it. Oh my god. But when was this 2009 playing phones on my playing games on my iPhone? It plays beautifully on the iPhone. It's totally set up for it. It's wonderful. I think we should just. I think we should just crowdfund Zach to like quit his job and play Crowd, Knights of the Old Republic on his iPhone. Crowdfund six dollars yeah. for an iPhone. No, just so you can just stop working Everybody until you're done the game. Cents. Yeah, but, <laughs> but no, but you know, it's just like you don't you don't understand like there. You know, there's an "I am your father" moment in that game that is like it. It's the closest I've ever felt to what it must have been like in the theater, not knowing that Darth Vader was Luke's father and seeing it in the theater, like. I've read the plot description of Knights of the Old Republic like once every three years, and every time I read it, I'm like, "This can't be real." It seems like I, I just it re like it reads so convoluted. It's it, it's you you had to you had to be there. Like so on all that to say, it brings uh, warm feelings to my prequel loving heart when I see the Knights of the Old Republic logo on a vintage collection card back for the first time. Cause you know, we already had a, there was a Bastila Sean that came out TBC like 10 years ago and that set expanded universe on it. And, uh, you know, it's the first time you're seeing the classic 2003 nice old Republic logo on a, on a vintage collection card and it looks great. And, uh, I, you know, like it's a new Revan. It's not even, they didn't even reissue the crappy old 2007 Revan. They actually made a new one. And uh, it looks better. It looks good. And uh, 
it's awesome and the card back looks great so like i'm not mad about it and i'm also not mad that the remake got canceled because it probably would have sucked and it would have tarnished the legacy of the greatest star wars game of all time so there what's darth nihilus the closest thing to satan in star wars really yeah like he's genuinely scary unlike any other modern star wars villain does he eat isn't he just galactus and he likes eating planets who was that who was that uh who was that character in the vader comics who was like was it darth moment or something who was like captured in a mask oh he's like that only like can actually do stuff for himself but like he has a lightsaber though yeah but he's like it's like if you ripped his mask off there'd be nothing there oh I don't know. He's a, again, it's another cool looking design, but it feels like like Darth Maul's like long lost cousin. He's just pure dark side energy. Oh, but he has a lightsaber and looks like everybody else. Yeah, but like he at least Malik's mis- missing a chin. Yeah, that's just like he Malik's just like Sebastian Shaw, Darth Vader. Basically, they're like, what can we do that's like Darth Vader? But then he's at least again. Like, I remember as a kid, like with the 30th anniversary collection Malik figure, like taking like the neck brace off and being like what yeah there's a new black <laughs> like, series having- yeah. i mean it's a good moment of the game like for sure when they reveal that he has no jaw look at the zach just sort of catching up to 2003 like it's so amazing it's so mind-blowing to me that you won't play this game like we really just need to focus on that is there a novelization i can read instead there's not actually there's a there's a book called brevin but it's like it's not actually the story of the game i i've heard that yes oh maybe i'll try reading the wikipedia article again maybe this time it'll make sense it's like me trying to like appreciate Blade Runner. Maybe this time will be the time. I will say I do kind of want to buy the Bastilla Sean figure, like the Black Series one, because I did pre-order the Malgus. Malgus, did Chris? I know you're not a big fairy, uh, big fan of Black Series, but that Malgus figure is like it's new, sexy. Well, like, yeah. that is a nice looking. Oh yeah, figure. and it's a gaming greats that's actually new parts, which is like probably the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks good, but Malgus is like. The Old Republic, it's not really KOTOR. Malagus is like 200 years later, and it's like the MMO, and it's like, it's kind of good, yes. but it's not as good as Knights of the Old Republic. Malagus is not a character in the greatest Star Wars game of all time. <laughs> Speak Okay, real quick. Speaking of uh, Star Wars characters and, and video games, explain this one to me, Chris. I've been to a couple stores lately. Unlike you, we just have Walmart and uh, Target that are our to- two main ways to get toys from big box chains. We do not have the late great Toys R Us still. Currently branded with Barbie uh, wraps all around the building. Oh my God. Even, oh God, they've bastardized my poor, poor, poor Toys R Us. Um, here's my question though. Of all the stores I've gone to, there's been one TVC figure that's lingered at every store I've gone to. And I'm kind of shocked. It's a Jedi survivor Cal Calrissian. Is there a reason why do you think that figure's not resonating? No, I don't I don't see it like that disappeared here. I have t- I got two, a one to open and one to keep carded and uh I haven't seen it since, so I don't know. It's lingered a lot to the point where I'm like this is a cool looking figure, man. Like the cards like immaculate, like it's not bent or torn or like punctured. I'm like, like even at Walmart, you know how hard it is to find a Walmart a Star Wars toy at a Walmart nowadays? And I'm sitting there and I'm just like this is a nice looking figure and I'm just like 
why are people sitting on this? Yeah, I I don't know what the deal with that is, but like it's not a Toys R Us, you know, those disappeared. There was a I think the Black Series one did come out and it was um in one of those windowless boxes and I saw yep. one. Oh, I only saw that one once. And it was at the counter at Toys R Us and they're like, "Oh yeah, you can buy this. It's just a return." They didn't open it though. I'm like, Hell, they didn't open it. It's a sealed. <laughs> it's a sealed box. There's no cow cow raising in there. I bet you a hundred dollars right now. I'm not buying that. This is like how many army men are you hiding, Toys R Us employee? <laughs> it was at the counter as a return. I'm like, absolutely not. I, and I haven't seen it since that one. But uh, as the oh. Black Series. But yeah, I got two of the TVCs, and it's 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 nice. Speaking of this toy reveals, is there a reason why? Like, not to segue too much into Jetty Survivor. But why is there no Marin figure? Why is there no Seer? Why is there no Grease? Like, is it just Lucasfilm, Hasbro doesn't want to expend capital on that or Lucasfilm doesn't care? I think if you're noticing Cal lingering on the pegs, then that's the reason. Is that? But you would think like, like you would figure Marin, like, like, I don't know. I would buy like 10 of those, but they're not going to do it. <laughs> I don't know, but they're they're so keen on again empowering female characters in Marin. Like, I can't think of a single person doesn't like that character. Exactly. Like, oh my god! Like how much I enjoyed Marin in that new game. Like, it's almost like when they just have the bare minimum of like a human interactive relationship between two characters that seems somewhat plausible it's like wow this is what star wars has been missing for 10 years it's crazy it's almost like there's half decent writing in this game that's what i mean i just i i don't get why like that you think that would character would be a slam dunk even Seer, like where's Seer? Grease. How about this, Chris? I was even mad like that the, like when the when the jedi survivor cal kestis got announced for tvc i'm like Where's my Jedi Fallen Order version of Cal Kestis? And I enjoyed the second game so much that I don't even care about that anymore. I'm like, yeah, it's just as good. You know what I mean? Like, I they they made me forget that they only gave it to stupid Black Series and not TVC. Like, I I don't even yeah. care anymore. It's that the game's that good. You know what would get me excited, Chris? A TVC Mantis. I mean, that'd be like the Imperial shuttle where it's like, oh, yeah, it just has like a two foot sail on top of it. That does nothing. <laughs> the gyroscope, Chris, the gyroscope. Yeah. 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 Gyroscope is broken. Once again, you could um, put it in a small box, though, like the X-Wing. But this is OK. Yes, I don't disagree. But like, whereas with Fallen Order that we got a Reva figure, we got the Purge troop, not Reva, um, second Trilla, second sister figure. We didn't even get like a Dagon Gara figure. And he was highlighted in the marketing. It turned out to be not that big of a deal in the game. But yeah, I, I hear. I, Nobody in the game is that big of a deal. That's the point. Uh, the villains aren't the main. The, the, the main villain of Jetty Survivor is not the villain. It's Cal Kestis. He's the villain of his own story because it's him learning like restraint. Yeah, well, he doesn't really because they don't have like there's not like a decision tree. Like he just sort of like it's it, it, that's the weirdest thing about that game. Like you know, like I don't I don't know how much you want to get into it, but like he starts there's this whole thing where you start using you start like embracing the dark side to get like a power boost, and like once you develop that ability, at no point 
is there any notion of using restraint around employing that ability? It's, uh, ability. It's just like as soon as it charges up, you use it to like deal with whatever enemies you have around you at the time. And you know, like back when Star Wars games were like really good, you actually used to have to like rationalize choices and like there were decision trees and stuff. But that's too advanced for for what's happening these days, I guess. <laughs> What needs to happen is an IB needs to hit him in the head and make him forget that he was a Sith Lord for two oh, years. Oh yeah, but but that's but that's seventy five percent of the way through the game that you find that out. That's what's so that's what, oh. you know. So you're telling me in the third game that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna realize he was hitting the head with the two. No, by the four. third game you're gonna be he's a Sith Lord this whole time. The third game you're gonna be playing uh, what's her face five year old girl and Cal Kestis will be an old man. Oh God, please don't do that. Please, please. They're, that's what they're gonna. Please do. don't it's do fine, that. But. We got two. We got two good games, Zach. It's really more than we should have ever been able to expect. I like I, I still think Fallen Order is the better game, like story wise. I will say the gameplay, like not to go too far this, down the uh, survivor like rabbit hole, um, but no, I still think Fallen Order was like I think I went into that game with such like a giant chip on my shoulder. So when I did play it, I'm like, oh, this is like like a top five best Disney Star Wars like story. It's actually Even a it's game. barely Disney. amazing. Well, that's what I mean. Like you can, this is what happens when Lucasfilm doesn't stick its fingers into every single creative decision. And then you get to the second one, and like the trailers are like kind of misleading. Like everything they build up to in the trailers has nothing to do with the game. Um, the game kind of doesn't have like a really a strong plot. It's just Cal Calrissian doing a thing. It's and it's like weirdly like it is part Iron Man too in that like. It's tied to Kenobi plot points, low, like very, very like abstract plot points, and it's also connected to High Republic plot points. And it, it, ha- it has its it has its own dirge as well, which is nice. Well, sure, but like, yes, it has its own dirge, but like he he's just like a, like a glorified boss villain. But he, I think he lasts longer than Dagon. <laughs> I think he's in. Well, he's, the, but the, in, but the thing about Dagon, what makes him interesting is that like. Oh god, like Dagon's such a weird character though. Like he's visually interesting. The idea that like he can wield like a lightsaber with like dismembered limbs, like like that's that's neat as like a concept. Um the thing is like I wish like the I don't want to go down the rabbit hole with him too far. But yeah, we'll do I it. wish there like I there should the, the how that I, we're not gonna get into that. Um yeah, like I said, I like Jedi Survivor still surviving. Um not in love with it like it did not like outside of really one moment there really wasn't anything that resonated with me uh no like i said i think fallen order is still the most like probably i guess i still think that's like a top three Disney, yeah like oh like, yeah triumph. and they're yeah exactly they're both better than the sequel trilogy so that's all you need to know. let's not get hey 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 yeah. hey 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 one does not have palpy doing like sparkly fingers to the sky like don't knock like I said, man, I'll die on that hill. I will die on that hill still. Nothing's changed in three years. You know what I learned about the you know what I you know, I think we, we should wrap it up a little bit, but uh you know what I learned a new rise of Skywalker fact today, Zach, and I think you'll enjoy this. Oh, okay. Did Chris Terrio get angry and just drink too much tonight? Did you did, maybe tell me if you've heard about this or not. Did you know that Rise of Skywalker clarified Lando's official name? Really? Land, Rise of Skywalker changed Lando's name canonically. And that's because on Lando's walking stick, there's an there's a there's a Arubesh uh, engravement on it 
and 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 land on Lando's walking stick in the Rise of Skywalker, it says that his name is Landonis Balthazar Calrissian. I, I, is it possible to love this movie anymore? I don't. I don't believe so, but I do. Like Landonis, like Adonis, like he's just like he's perfect. You know, Lando is just is basically a god. Landonis Balthazar Cal- Calrissian. Which is worse, that or Sheev Palpatine? I I don't know if I have a problem with with Lando being Landonis Balthazar Calrissian. I think that's kind of funny. I don't know. It is. I don't have an issue with that. Sheev is also kind of funny to me because at the it end of the day funny. it's great he's got to have a real first name because he's you know he's uh, he was a naboo senator so you know he had to have at some point he has to be addressed yeah, by his first exactly. name there has to be orientation for the uh um interns for the interns yeah, that's for the course on interns exactly there's you know there's hollow net video out there of shiv senator from naboo Falling asleep during sessions in the Senate, like the robot chicken ones, but like saving the gungan eggs. Yeah, he was just an average uh, pol- politician for a while there. So, like you know, he had a first did, name. Did speaking of just random Star Wars factoids, did you see that they named like the five hundred first veteran from Kenobi? His name is like Nix, and he's like from the Battle of like Teth and uh, Christophsis and Umbara. I guess if you go to like the Clone Wars novel from two thousand eight, like the official like like novelization of that i guess the character is meant again they clearly just picked a hat out of a name uh picked a hat, he, picked a name out of a hat and they just went with it he's still but he's, clearly like oh yeah he fought during the battles of teth and christophsis yeah. and umbara it's a safe like, bet and he's still more of a character than commander oppo who like i refuse to dignify as being a character like generic 501st clone who happened to be at the Jedi Temple during Order 66, like cool. There was like 50 of them. Didn't Oppo, like in Legends, have like a really cool looking pauldron or something, and that made him stand out? Too bad that Legends is Legends and and like the powers that be don't recognize its power. Dude, Legends is practically canon at this point. It's like one frustrated Kathleen Kennedy decision away from being like reinstituted. Like at this point, like everything's, with the exception of Mara Jade, like nine tenths of like Legends is back. And uh, I do love my Mary Jade Black Series figure that just came out. So, oh, you got yeah, that? You know that is that's good stuff. But uh, but yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully you're right because all we all I really need back is like a good a good Kyle Katarn. Uh, well, video. you have that. It's called Vin Cascade, and his season two comes out next year. Yeah, I guess so. The same character, Chris. Except like, for Kyle Katarn was a what? By the end of Kyle Katarn's, but by, by the time Mickey Mouse personally eviscerated Kyle Katarn from existence, he was a Jedi longer than he was a smuggler. Yeah. Like I said, man, I think Ahsoka, I think if Ahsoka the TV show takes off, I think you're gonna get all of this sprinkled in. Like clearly, no Jedi's died during the purge. Like that that the cutscene or the uh, the clip show during Revenge of the Sith. I'm pretty sure the only Jedi that died were Plo Koon, Ala Sakura, Kiati Mundi. What literally uh, just those six? On? Yeah, it was just them. That was it. And Palpatine's like, well, I'm glad I killed all the Jedi, all six of them. And the rest of them just escaped. Like they kind of like scurried, like out of like mice out of the house being demolished. They just took their time as the wrecking ball made its way through each room. You ever think it's weird? Okay, we're gonna wrap up soon. But you ever think it's weird that she, that <laughs> Sheev 
didn't destroy the Jedi Temple. I think the only reason Sheev didn't destroy the Jedi Temple in canon is because Lucas decided to put it at the end of the Blu-ray Return of the Jedi. Is that what it is? Well, once Lucas put it at the end of Return of the Jedi, it had to be there the whole time. But didn't it, like, wasn't it in Legends, like, abandoned? Like, it's not until, like, like canon now that, like, it's the Imperial Palace. Yeah, but that's the Imperial Palace was a different place, uh, in legends yeah but yeah that's what i mean yeah but during in legends it was just a, the, the temple was abandoned yeah but i'm saying in but it's not in it's not in return of the jedi special edition until the 2011 blu-ray yeah so at that point it, I thought it was in 2004 i don't know if it's on the dvd or not maybe it's maybe it's on whatever either way it's like that's when lucas arbitrarily decided that the jedi temple still survived until the end of return of the jedi so then they had to like figure out why well, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm Like I said, as time as time goes on, like it really makes you wonder. Like, and they're going out of their way to like reclassify all these characters, and like, well, technically, Ahsoka's not a Jedi. Cal Calrissian's not a Jedi. Like, he, he's gonna take a wife. Like, he can't be a well, Jedi if he has a he wife. Says he, Jedi's don't have wives. Cal Calrissian tells Dagon Guerra that he's a Jedi, so he's a Jedi. But but like but isn't that the cowboy hat man philosophies that like? No one's a Jedi unless I say they're a Jedi. It's like technically Luke isn't the last Jedi. We need to, a cow, cowboy hat man has is flying too close to the sun. He's over the hill. He doesn't. He's lost the plot. The only time I ever agreed with cowboy hat man was when in the uh, Disney I I know you're going with Disney Plus documentary yep. he was explaining yep. how great Episode One is. That's the only time I ever agreed with cowboy hat man. And since then he's gone absolutely insane. And Ahsoka just needs to die and needs to stop existing. She's never going to die. She's going to be the first immortal character in Star Wars. Well, she has to be dead by the Rise of Skywalker. So there. No, he's already said that that doesn't mean she's dead. He already said that. He goes, just because you hear her voice doesn't mean she's that she's dead. Like, he's like, Yoda communicated with uh, Ezra, like, in season two of Rebels. Like, he's like, doesn't mean someone doesn't have to be dead to communicate with him through the Force. Yeah, you know why she's dead? Because it's, uh, I got the answer right here. Because much like Hayden Christensen, uh, when she died, she morphed back to a younger version of herself who is not voiced by Rosario Dawson. So there she's dead. I think it just depends on who is available that day for studio time. <laughs> it's cheaper to pay Ashley Eckstein for 15 minutes of work than Rosario Dawson. If he wanted to say she's not dead, he shouldn't have recast her. And, you know, very last thing, we're running up, we're not running out of time here, but uh, it's definitely weird that Mon Mothma is uh, played by Genevieve O'Reilly post Return of the Jedi. And that's all I have to say about that. It's all right, Chris. In time, they'll Ultron, her, Ultron Luke Skywalker her as well. Ultron Luke Skywalker will happen to all of us. It's inescapable. Ultron Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker is Mark Hamill never endingly. But for eight minutes of Mon Mothma's life, she morphed into Caroline Blackiston. And then she morphed back <laughs> to Genevieve O'Reilly. What's the deal with that? Who? Did Lucas know that like in 2003 when he's casting Genevieve O'Reilly for like young Mon Mothma? It's like, like I'm going to cut your scenes, but you're going to work. 20 years from now, every day of your life. <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the weird, amazing, positive choices that the Disney production team has done is keeping her around. Just because anytime they keep around as someone that Lucas hired, even if they're insane and a bad choice right now, like Tamir Morrison, I approve of it. Oh, Tamir Morrison. 
He's like, and he lives in an alternate dimension. Like he doesn't even acknowledge the reality that we all live in. And somehow they just keep hiring. Him. But it's funny because like, every time I see him interviewed, he's like, we, like passively threatening Lucasfilm. It's like, I'm going to go knock on the door. I'm going to go talk to the Yoda fountain myself and tell him I want in. Like, like he reminds me of like going back to like when we made, um, oh God, would you call him? Would you call Mon Mothma's husband? He doesn't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Like every time, like I he, I see tomorrow uh, to, tomorrow Morrison quote on social media, it reminds me of like Diamond Joe Quimby from The Simpsons, the mayor being like, "I'm going to go right straight down to that Lucasfilm and tell that Kathleen Kennedy that I am Boba Fett and I am being in this next episode." It's like, yeah, like it's these weird, well, he's like, like he's, just like that Mandalorian kind of ruined my show by showing up for two episodes. He said something like that. It's like amazing. Yeah, totally. Like, can you imagine like? Do you think he knew before it debuted, like episodes five and six, that he would have no role in it at all? Do you think, like, when he was looking at the scripts, and it was just, oh, this is going to be a five-part show, like, like, like a limited series run? Like, did they just tell him that? I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think he got those scripts because he's not in them, and they're pretty locked down. He is what in the last thirty seconds of episode six. That is functionally not in that script. I don't think he. Got but it. no, but technically, like per, per like the Screen Actors Guild, he has to be paid for that. Oh yeah, I just don't know how. I don't. I don't think they they probably tacked it on another day where they were filming in Jabba's throne room, which is what it's called. But but that's the thing though, they can't technically do that because he gets residuals based. Think about it. like let's just say for the sake of argument that I have seven episodes of the Book of Boba Fett, episodes one through five and seven don't have any views, clicks, whatever for the sake of argument. But episode six gets 30 trillion. Again, just an extreme example. Technically, he gets residuals for that. I have no idea how if residuals was, work for streaming services. I thought that was part of why they're on strike right now. Well, that's one of the many reasons that in like chat, uh, chat G- GP, whatever it's called, GPT is going to sit there, Ultron, Luke Skywalker, all of the writers in Hollywood. Yeah, that's inevitable. But that's what I mean, though, is that like technically they can't just like if they filmed if they if he was hired for five episodes, they just can't make a six episode and say, yeah, you're going to be in this too. Like they can't just not to say they can't put. There's probably in the contract he's some addendum but like, sure i think he's being i think i'm sure he's being compensated it uh appropriately it's just that i'm not sure he was uh, conscious of how that was going to break down with the because like i don't even know if they knew the book of boba fett was going to be a show when they shot some of it like i'm i don't think that it's so unclear to me whether that was supposed to be like some more mandalorian episodes or like what that was supposed to be like it's because so you think book of boba fett was supposed to be almost like interludes in mandalorian season three i'm you know, it has two of the best. It has two episodes that are better Mandalorian episodes than all of season three. So, like, yes. you tell me what what it was supposed to be. I don't know. I, it definitely doesn't seem like it was planned to be that janky, weird thing that it is from day one. It seems like it was hacked together in some way that made it what it was. But anyway, I, I don't know, man. It's just like that's better than season three of Mandalorian. Well, I can I please say that like I have all Disney era like streaming content for Star Wars. The only one outside of uh, chapter 16 of The Mandalorian season two, the only other piece of media that I want to consume again is the book of Boba Fett. Like I really want to go back and watch that with like a year and a half like in the rearview mirror and be like – because again, like I remember liking like him escaping the Sarlacc. I remember like being amused by like Tashi Station. Dude. 
and, and having all and, and Cammy there. Like, I remember being like amused by I, all that. I think it's the end of chapter two when Kersantan and uh, the Huts show up. Well, that's great too. But at the end of that episode, I thought, man, this is going to be the best thing I've ever seen. How wrong I was. <laughs> but like, but like the, the initial appearance of the Huts and Kersantan are like absolutely perfect. I don't know, man. Like, I think as time goes on, I think, again, I like you either like Calrissian and or you don't. Like, I think that's what you, it's either what you're looking for. Or it's not what you're looking for. But at the end of the day, it's, it's competently made. Everybody with even one iota of common sense look at Kenobi and be like, no, we need to reject this. Like, we should be treating that like a virus and just pushing it out. Not to say that there's not moments I don't like, but like, no, we need to vote that off the island. And Mandalorian season three, I will say, I guess Hot Toys, like, like I don't, know, I don't even call it, hinted at like, I guess they're doing a one, like a figure of like John Caro Despacito's like Moff Gideon with the like mall helmet and stuff. And I'm just like, it's the only new memorable design, but I'll tell you, I never like the fake like C-3PO servo noises when he walks around in his completely standard Mandalorian armor took me out of it. I so hard. I found that so funny. I'm like, Oh, they, it put, is. It's goofy. they put sound effects on his regular armor. Like get out of here. You want, but okay, but going back to again, even toy announcements, they could have very easily sold a 1.0 Praetorian Guard and Paz Vizsla figure. As we all know, they love reusing the Paz Vizsla mold. They could have very easily done that for like a hundred dollars. Three of the Praetorian Guard and Paz Vizsla with like a melted chain gun. Praetorian and they, Guards and that are not the sold. same. I know, but it still would have sold. They could have just reissued their existing Praetorian. Is there even a single TVC Praetorian guard? I don't know. It's a good question. There's like three of them in five. Point B, but anyways, is that it was kind of shocking in the last couple of days that there was no Mandalorian season four figures. Like we completely went. I'm sorry, season three figures. Like outside of the um, M1 Starfighter, which I will say, like I like that's another like going back to ships. I pre-ordered that and I saw the the in-hand pictures of it and it looks cool. I'm excited for that. I wish it I wish it made noise like the 99 ship did. That'd been great if it actually made like the sounds. Buy that one. I have that one. Doesn't work anymore. The sounds speaking of Chris's thing about the sounds, I let batteries corrode in it, so that didn't do it any favors like probably 15, 20 you years ago. You know what ago. the best thing about that is you could still get one sealed for a third the cost of the Mandalorian one. So there's there's that. I could still get a Phantom Menace sealed Naboo Starfighter for like $40. I don't believe that. 50 maybe. I think 50 you could. I would have a hard time believing it. Not the 2011 one. People want that one more. Why? It doesn't make sense. It's it's better in every way. But does it make sense? But you can fit an actual droid into it. Oh, please. Technically, the real one can't fit a real droid into it. Yeah, but it's... it's, Exactly. See? Now we're just cannon breaking. Yeah, you want the 2011 Navi Starfighter? I'm just saying, it's the, no, it's the better. I want the one that makes noise. Every toy needs to make noise, Chris. Has we not learned anything from this? Hallmark can make a real carbon freezing chamber for sixty dollars. You, you can get a loose Phantom Menace one for thirty bucks that is not corroded. I will take the sound mechanism out of that. I will strip it for parts, like the real li- real life. Um, oh God, what's her name? Space Amy Sedaris. Pelimoto. Why haven't we gotten a toy of her yet? Because she's annoying. No one wants it. 
With the M1 Starfighter? That'd be fun. The people asking for a Pelimoto figure, I'm like, all right, do you guys want the Vintage Collection to end? Like, what's the matter with you? Like, you're who is this for other than you? I want I a, that, and I want R5-D4 to go with it. She's annoying. I don't... Whatever. She was, Space Amy she was funny in her, like, first appearance. The season two, it's like, come on. Like, she she's literally saying that she had a romantic relationship with a Jawa. It's great. It's very clunky. It's it's very representative of contemporary Lucasfilm. It's clunky, janky, it makes no sense, yet somehow I'm still watching. Yeah. Well, I hope Ahsoka's good. Uh, I would imagine we'll record before now in Ahsoka. That's, what, a month away? Yeah. We'll it's end, it's end of now. August, right? Or 20th something? Yeah. Yeah, August 23rd. Cool. We got to see real life... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mads Mikkelsen as uh, Dr... What's his name in Indiana Jones 5? I don't know. Uh, I think he's uh, Werner Von Braun. V- yes, exactly. Mads Mikkelsen in Ahsoka as Oppenheimer. Yes, we have it figured out. Um, all right. So conclude this episode of Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader in the Facebook and you'll find us there waiting for you. Instagram at KLV podcast. Send Chris a DM saying that you want a Pelimoto action figure. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify. We would certainly appreciate the rating and review. It helps boost our rank in the grand scheme of things. Thank you to Anspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show, mo- show notes to hear more from them. When I am not on this podcast, you can find me at Cinemonities on Twitter or at Rogue Knight on Instagram. Send me an angry DM about how you think the Naboo Starfighter from 2012 is better than the 1999 one, despite the fact that it doesn't make sounds. But Chris, Or that the Titan disaster is not funny. I don't disagree. I'm just saying that if you love Titanic, there are worse ways to die. But you could die in a completely unrelated Titanic event. Like there's a great meme that came out and it's like a little like, oh God, I, I don't even call it like, it's like a chart. And think of it as like, Oh God, it's like a line graph. It's like Titanic deaths, like from like 1900 to 1912 flat, then 1912, a sharp spike, then down. And then it's like 2023, a little tiny spike and then down. Like, come on. If you love Titanic, there are infinitely worse ways to die. Um, But with that being said, Chris, when you are not laughing at the death of five, five Titanic pioneers, what are you up to? I am ordering a stack of more uh, little golden book holiday special books so that I can get them signed at uh, May the North Be With You in Toronto next week. So we'll give away at least one of those on here. I'll, we'll get back to you on that. We'll get a nice signed uh, a Boba Fett picture uh, by the original holiday special artist, John Celestri. And maybe we'll I'll try and get some... Uh, dep- see, we'll see what we record. I'll try and get some audio of that guy. Maybe we can put that on the show later too. That would be great. Ask him to see how many times does uh, C-3PO blank. Alrighty, folks. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you.